The date is Friday, August 21st, and you're listening to Entertain This, a thought-provoking podcast encapsulating all things entertainment. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the third episode of Entertain This Throwback Month. Throwback Month. Hey, thanks for doing that, because Michael's not here. He's currently draft dodging in Arkansas. He should be back next month. It's an excuse. It is the excuse that we're going with. Anyway, uh, to replace Michael for at least this one episode, uh, we've brought in two very special guests who are near and dear to our hearts. That would be uh, my girlfriend, Chloe. Hi, Chloe. Hello, podcast. As well as Nick's girlfriend, Natalie. Hi, guys. Natalie, it is your first time on the podcast, is that correct? Yes, it is. And uh, unfortunately, we only had uh, three mics here, so you'll be sharing with Thick Nick. Mm. Unfortunately, yes. You got to get close to me for once. Ugh. Oh my God, are you guys okay? <laughs> Can we not do this on the podcast? <laughs> this, this is a bit. It's a bit. It's just a bit. It's a bit, I swear. We promise. Get so uh, <laughs> last month we explored the vast history as well as controversy, as well as nostalgia of old-timey uh, Nickelodeon. Was it last month or was it last week? It was last week. Sorry, guys. Um, behind the scenes fact, I am the resident fact checker of Entertain This, and now you actually get to hear it happen. That's true. Uh, Instead of me just texting the group like, hey, that was wrong. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that was wrong. <laughs> that is true. Um, I'm the worst. But that means this month it is your turn, Nick. This month? It's my entire month. Wow. Okay. Yeah, this week. What am I here to talk about again? I sh- we should maybe tell them that we uh, record a month in advance. Yeah, we record <laughs> No, we record a year in advance. We were doing this since 2017. So take note of that for tax purposes. Tax purposes. I'm going to write that off as a loss. Um, but I'm here to talk about Back to the Future. It's a movie. It's a film. Talk about a throwback. It's a throwback. It's All a literal throwback. to the future. <laughs> This is a 1985 theatrical release. It's a, it's a true gem of a movie, and I think critics agree. Uh, film viewers alike also agree with me. Uh, there's nothing particularly special about the film to me. It's not the first sci-fi film. It's not a groundbreaking epic that defines a century, but it's a good film with a few memes sprinkled in. And that's why maybe I've taken a liking to it in uh, current years. But I'd like to share some fun facts that might, might make you say, Whoa, Thick Nick, this is heavy as we throw it back to the 1980s on this episode of Entertain This. It's uh, important to add in a little disclosure that we brought Chloe on specifically because she has never seen Back to the Future. That's right. So, Please whoa, Doc, me. that's heavy, <laughs> is a quote from the movie. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, so let's go over to the plot. I'm going to start out by going to uh, 0 to 88 miles an hour real quick. So buckle up. Is that a char- reference to? Yeah, okay. yeah. You have to go 88 miles per hour to time travel. In that the DeLorean. Fake. That's the thing. If I don't you know why. if you don't go eighty eight miles per hour, then you don't reach critical mass. Well, no, it's like twenty one point one gigawatts. Well, yeah, we'll get to which that. is the amount that you need to time travel. That was but gigawatts. Not gigawatts. according to Einstein. <laughs> yeah, but you have to uh, you have to reach eighty eight miles per hour, or else you don't go. You don't right. you don't generate that much power. You don't time travel. You go slamming into the twin uh, the Twin Pines Mall. I save. Thank you. Um. <laughs> <laughs> So here's here's the here's the plot paragraph that I stole from some website that should not be n- mentioned. Oh, that's not good journalism at all. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't feel like uh, you know clumsily explaining my way through this plot. So 
I just tap so the fun of the podcast. Does it happen to be, um, what are those called, an acronym? It's not an acronym. I kind of want to take away your script and tell you to do the plot summary still. No, it's it'll be quick. So but I don't want it to be quick. <laughs> okay. Uh, how can I explain this? I'm just going to read it. Okay. Small town California teen Marty McFly goes back to the 50s when an experiment by his eccentric scientist friend, Doc, Bernie, I mean, Doc Brown, goes awry. Traveling through time in a modified DeLorean, Marty encounters young versions of his parents and must make sure they fall in love or else he'll cease to exist. Marty has to return to his own time and save the life of Doc Brown. He's shot by a Libyan terrorist who he stole plutonium from in the beginning of the film. Plutonium was the only thing in 1985 capable of providing uh, 1.21 gigawatts of power to the flux capacitor allowing time travel. So that's kind of like the main plot of him saving the life of Doc Brown by you. You, you that's you, it. You didn't. You didn't say so many things that happened. I'm getting there. All right. So he has to go back to warn him, back in time to warn Doc Brown, like, "Hey, you're going to get shot by a Libyan terrorist." Is that really how the plot starts? He's mm-hmm. like, "Oh, now that I'm back in time, I need to find <laughs> Doc." Doc Brown gets shot. Like opening scene. Oh or, yeah, no. I very, don't know about the opening scene. Very but. first scene of the movie. So so here's John Mulaney has a has a skit. Or has a has a bit on, uh, but you've you've heard the John Mulaney bit on Back to the Future, right? Maybe. So he's like, uh, he's like, so we have Marty, who is this sixteen-year-old boy. He's eighteen. This eighteen-year-old boy and his best friend, who is a uh, shunned nuclear physicist. <laughs> there is no context as to how they meet. <laughs> We know no. nothing about their relationship. We just know that his parents are cool with him hanging out with a shunned nuclear physicist. Can we circle back to him getting shot by Libyans, though? Because I, I feel like that's really he stole putting plutonium a from pebble them. in my gears here. Yeah, he stole plutonium from them. And they're so clearly off. the Libyans have plutonium. That's just a fact of life. They never had a nuclear weapons program. I should note that, too. And he gets shot, and he dies. He gets hunted down by the Libyans, who are in America. Yep, and they're just shooting fully automatic assault rifles at him. Out of, out of the sunroof of a car. In the spirit of America. <laughs> yeah, and this is happening at like midnight in a in a mall parking lot. Mm-hmm. Twin Peaks Mall. What the or hell? Or no, not Twin Peaks, Twin Pines. Twin Pines, I yeah. always get those confused. It, yeah. it goes back to Lone Pine Mall mm-hmm. uh, when he... Because he hits, he hits a tree. He hits a yeah. tree with the DeLorean <laughs> when he comes bursting through the time... The time thing, and he tri- he hits a sapling, and the sapling was supposed to be one of the pines from Twin Pines Mall. So now it's Attention just to detail. Now yeah. it's just Single Pines Mall. Whoa, yeah. I never noticed that. What? Yeah, <laughs> yeah really. <laughs> oh yeah, there's a bunch of crazy shit like that. Yeah, uh, well, I don't pay attention to detail. <laughs> yeah, but they, they shoot him, and Doc Brown dies. He falls to the ground. And then Marty's like, "Oh fuck, I gotta gotta get away from these guys." So he hops back in the DeLorean, time machine, the car, and goes 88 miles an hour, flips on the time circuit, and then he goes. There's fire and brimstone, and he flies through hell. Yeah, there's the notorious scene where there's tire tracks, but they're made out of fire. And Doc I, Brown's, like, that. jumping around in them, and he's <laughs> like, ah, 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 like a crazy monkey. Oh, no, that's man, the first time they time travel. This. That was beautiful. Thank you. <laughs> they sent back a dog. Uh, Einstein. Dog. Einstein the dog. Hey. We're going to send back Toffee. <laughs> We're going to send back Toffee if she doesn't behave. Um, but, yeah, that's how they test it. He's, like, wearing a stopwatch or something yeah around his neck and then einstein the dog so i mean no animals were harmed during the making of this movie no but time travel's not real. they were there were animal experience experiments first mm-hmm. they were when it came to time travel so that's strike two anyways here's the rest <laughs> of the plot that i forgot to <laughs> read <clears throat> 
the snag with uh, with him trying to get his parents to fall back in love is that there's no sizable amount of plutonium in 1955. Um, there probably was, but it was locked down. It uh, is important to mention that he accidentally ended up back in 1955. Yeah, he was just trying to get away. Because he was running from the Libyans. So we the Libyans are, like, <laughs> shooting up the time. I keep, I'm so sorry, anybody who is from Liberia. but Libya. Either way, I'm sorry. <laughs> or Liberia or just anywhere that's not America. <laughs> I'm sorry for people from America. I'm yeah. sorry for everyone. <laughs> if, you, if you exist, I'm sorry. Um, you but, didn't have a say in it. I'm sorry. For this. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So, so they're running from the, the Libyans who are shooting up the, the, the time machine. So yeah. a scared Marty jumps in the time machine, blasts off, and travels back in time at random, ending up in 1955. That's just where it was set. Yeah. So now and that's he, all the context we get for their relationship. Well, here's the thing: the directors or producers who whoever wrote it uh, actually made, like the opening opening scene, not that scene. The first scene is uh, Marty is in Doc Brown's house, and there's like this massive guitar amplifier. Yeah. So, so he plugs into it. He's like, "Yeah, I'm ready to rock." And then it's like the size of a wall, right? Yeah, it's the huge because he plays it. Yeah. And he like goes blasting backwards. Yeah. <laughs> it knocks him backwards. Because physics, right? Sure. And he falls to the ground, and then he like answers the phone. Uh, Doc calls him. He's like, hey, I need you to meet me. Because he's like, so it doesn't really tell you why Marty and Doc are friends. It's just it's, it's just like, it's yeah, like I guess mentioned. you assume that like he's that weird neighbor, and Marty just was that nosy teen who decided yeah. to walk up onto his property and be like, hey, is that a wall-sized amp? <laughs> he's like, I'll yeah, I two. made it to Lua here. Uh, little boys want to help me time travel. <laughs> <laughs> and it worked. Oh no! And that's kind of that's what that's with the information given. That's that is best case scenario. Okay. Pretty much as it. to how they met. It's um, well, it wasn't like creepy back then. It was just no, like, and you know what? You can tell like immediately with the chemistry between Doc and Marty that they're just like buds. Like they're buds, they hang out. It's like watch football games on the weekends, or it feels like a really weird like. It, it's almost written like Doc is supposed to be his uncle. Yeah. But like they forgot to include that part of the family tree. Yeah. Or it, like, didn't work when they were doing time travel and stuff. Or he's almost like a father figure because his dad's a nerd and a pushover and all that. But True. We'll get to that. More of a nerd than the nuclear physicist? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, oh. the nuclear physicist is robbing Libyans and building time <laughs> machines. Obviously, someone is preferable to hang out with. I mean, you're probably going to get into it, but... Uh, I might. Who knows? What I'm about to say, but uh, you know Rick and Morty. I sure do. Rick and Morty is... <laughs> yeah. is it it started out as a short. Yeah, I've seen the short where it's like it's Doc and Marty. Yeah, yeah, but and it's Morty. garbage. Morty. It's like M M A. It's like M A U R T Y. That's how they spell Marty. Marty. Okay. So it's like Doc and Marty. So it's not technically Back to the Future related, and they don't get sued. But it's, yeah. I'm kind of surprised it's they like, still didn't. It's it explores. It explores like what. It was like to be the doc's assistant before time travel, where he's like, <laughs> oh, Marty, the only way that we can get this thing to work is if you lick my balls, Marty. And like, he says that. Oh, like, yeah, that's I know. The plot. <laughs> I'm going to turn myself into a pickle. It's just. Funny stuff. It's glorious. He's a fucking pickle, guy. <laughs> Carl Weezer. Fucking... <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so, so, I mean, you know Rick and Morty, so you can imagine that that's kind of the relationship that yeah. Doc and Marty have, except. Uh, not his grandpa not his grandpa and marty isn't a pushover like morty is nice yeah something like that yeah okay. well, marty's like it's he, a less toxic version marty don't take shit from no one somebody calls him a chicken he's like oh really motherfucker yeah that's like <laughs> a whole that's like a whole plot point is that like if someone challenges marty mcfly he's like they call him a chicken i'm gonna die 
I'd rather die than I'd rather die. <laughs> be insulted. I'd rather die than take that on the chin. <laughs> Call me a chicken. I take your life. No, no. <laughs> That's my policy. Chicken. It's like that. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. And then he beats the fuck out of whoever was calling him chicken. But anyway, he goes back in time <laughs> to, the, to, to 1955, and now the problem is, is that since he fled. Back mm-hmm. to 1955, he has used up all of the plutonium, as right. you had have already said. It's depleted. It, it is depleted. He no longer has an energy source, and now he is stuck in 1955. That's where we left off. Correct. And then once he's back there, Marty's mom, uh, back in 1955, is more attracted to him than his past dad. So you kind of have that Oedipus, whatever, reverse Oedipus? So Something like that? how it's explained in the movie is, as soon as Marty's mom in the past meets Marty... Mm-hmm. There's this instant connection that she feels that she can't put her finger on and that oh. she assumes is sexual attraction. Right. To a Marty who is now uh, going by the name Calvin Klein, um, <laughs> which his mother calls him because it was sewn into his underwear. And back in the, in the 50s, you would sew your name into your underwear to uh, make sure that you I didn't lose it. But in, on, in Where Marty's are you taking underwear. your underpants off? That's what I want to know. Well, she didn't. That was why oh, okay. she was like, yeah. yeah, you're Calvin Klein. It's written in your underwear. <laughs> Facts. <laughs> goofy, goofy gaff. <laughs> <laughs> but there's like the whole Florence Nightingale effect where um, she was nursing Marty back to health. Yeah. Because he got hit by a car or something. And that's the exact <laughs> same. Something. Some shit like that. He got injured. No, Who he, gives a he fuck? drove into a fucking barn. Uh, no, this was after that. Oh, was it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but that's how he got hurt, wasn't it? No, he got hit by a car. He was skateboarding. Did he? Oh, because he followed his dad to that tree where he was peeping on. Oh, yeah. Yeah. On... <laughs> he was being a peeping Tom. Yes. Yes. And the then Marty was like, what, what are you doing? He fell out of the tree, pushed him out of the way because there was a car coming. <laughs> yeah. And then Marty got hit by the car. That's it. That's yes. what happened. Yeah. Yes. We just didn't watch this film, didn't we? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we did. This sounds batshit. I'm not going to lie to you. When you watch it, you're like, why is this so good? Yeah. <laughs> like, I shouldn't like any of this, but I love it all. If you don't overthink it and just like, you know, kind of suspend your disbelief. Yeah, it's a good film. Yeah. But anyway, he goes back in time. His mom nurses him back to health because he got hit by a car in front of her house. Right. She undresses him down to his britches, realizes that he's uh, wearing Calvin Klein underwear, and yeah. mistakes him as his name as being Calvin Klein. Also realizes that he's absolutely packing. Yeah. <laughs> you know what Calvin Klein underwear does. <laughs> Makes your gentleman sausage look a little bigger. Correct. Never say that again. <laughs> Wipe that from your vocabulary, okay? Thanks. Yes. <laughs> That's fine. Much preferred to gentleman sausage. Anatomically correct. <laughs> Just penis. Uh, where did I leave off? Um, he gets hit by a car and he's peeping on somebody. Okay, so yeah. Uh, the That's only way... Separate events. The Damn only, it. <laughs> the only way they can get back in time and get the 1.21 gigawatts uh, is to capture a bolt of lightning. Bolt of lightning. Oh, you skipped a ton. I know, I'm skipping. Who cares? Well, you got to tell them that... Uh, uh, Marty goes he realizes that Doc is super fucking old so he's alive in the 50s yeah. so he goes to Doc's house he's gotta find him he finds him yeah he finds eventually. Doc and yeah. he's like Doc you gotta listen to me man in the future you built a time machine and now I'm here <laughs> and Doc's like oh you're crazy you, you have no idea what you're talking about it's still Bernie <laughs> he sounds like Bernie kinda and he's got like this weird fucking helmet on his head and he's like testing electric shock or something he's like he's trying to test mind control or something or something like that but he gets shocked by the helmet that he's wearing. Right. And he's like, Bazinga! Because, you know, back to the future. Uh, Please and tell me there are Tesla coils on the helmet. 
Yeah, like a lot of them, I think. Yes, I think let's go. Whatever. It's, you know, same difference. But Electrical he gets shocked components. by it, and he's like, <laughs> oh, an electric charge, blah, 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 blah. Look at my little toy train model I built. Trains. <laughs> you like trains, I know. Mm, yeah. <laughs> anyway, so they back to you. This is where they figure out. They figure out, yeah, you got to... You got to hit the flux capacitor with the bolt of lightning because that's a lot of energy and it's the only way they can can go back to the future. That's the premise of the film. They got to get back to the future, which is 1985. Now it all makes sense. Yeah. They say the name of the, the, the movie in the movie. We have to go back. We have to get you back to the future. That's the title. That's the title of the film. <laughs> I love it when they do that. <laughs> in case you forgot, you're sitting in the movie theater. Uh, oh, yeah. That's I love being reminded. <laughs> <laughs> so Marty accidentally uh, makes his parents' lives better somehow uh, in the course of things. Um, his dad is now a successful author, and his mom is not an alcoholic thanks uh, to his actions. Uh, it's, it's kind of alluded to in the film. So... I guess I'll go into more detail because I've watched this movie a thousand times. I feel like <laughs> I I'm mansplaining, <laughs> but I got to hit. Wait, a thousand isn't good enough for me. I need a more accurate, like approximate estimate of how many times <laughs> you have both seen this movie. I think I've seen it actually 83 times would be a probably good estimate for me. <laughs> probably 10 or 15. I now own it on DVD and I'm burning it out. Because... Tell me this. <laughs> Could you go like scene by scene? Break it down that way because if you've seen something eighty three times, I feel like you you, <laughs> you have an memorize. understanding. Like, you know, I think I could. YouTube should take your brain down because it's copyright infringement. <laughs> I think that I could. Sorry, I think that I could go scene by scene, um, but I'm not going to, and that's why I keep interrupting him because there are parts <laughs> that he keeps leaving out. But I'm just trying to get through the plot. But yeah. I mean, if you want to explain it in further detail, that's yeah, what, because that's I, what mean, we're all about. I mean, I'm stuff. still baffled. So. Feel free to keep going. So, so originally what's supposed to happen is um, his dad's supposed to fall out of the tree and mm-hmm. get hurt. And mm-hmm. then Marty's mom is supposed to nurse him back to, nurse him back to health. But instead he nurse, she nurses back to help Calvin Klein. Mm-hmm. Marty. Right. So now like 20 minutes in the movie, uh, Marty's parents never met. Mm-hmm. So Marty starts disappearing. So Marty's plot from now yeah, on is it like keeps like a picture. In yeah. Wallet. So so now the plot of the movie or the so they they add a ticking clock, which is a plot that a plot tool that writers often use. Basically, you have this much time to complete a task, or else the movie falls apart. Mm-hmm. Um, and the the ticking clock is you're erasing yourself from existence. Yeah. Literally. So now now you got two problems. You got you got to get back to the future, but it doesn't matter if you get back to the future because if your parents ever meet, you're fucked anyway. You're so dead. Marty is trying to solve the problem of my parents have to meet by coaching his father. Uh, who is not very confident, not very um, self-spoken. And the only reason they even ended up with Marty's mom in the first place was by complete accident that has now been avoided. He's now trying to coach his father into asking out his mother. At the same time, his mother thinks that she's in love with Marty. Oof. Right. Yeah. <laughs> That's the and then Biff is there, and he's an asshole. <laughs> Biff is the local town bully who is bullying Marty's father. <laughs> And stopping him at every turn from accomplishing the goal of getting with Marty's mom. And Biff also wants to get with Marty's mom. You remember how I was telling you about that TikTok trend? Yeah. Where it's like, shorty a little baddie. She my little boo thing. And then everybody's like, and shorty got the fatty. Uh, yeah, it's, Biff says that. The school principal probably says that. Marty probably says that. And then Marty's dad's just like looking around confused. People who watch TikToks will get this part of the podcast. Don't worry I, about I it. I don't. I know you don't. I don't do TikToks. <laughs> anyway. So 
too old for that shit. So, uh, <laughs> so Marty's dad is being coached by Marty to try to get with, um, to try to get with Marty's mom. Marty's mom. Yeah. And in doing so, he dresses up in like a full-on like uh, nuclear like. Oh, this is a good part of the film. Yeah, yeah like he, a nuclear like whatever he's, he's it's called. Wearing a hazmat suit. A hazmat suit. Yeah. So he dresses up in a hazmat suit. He has a Van Halen. Uh, Who? Uh, Marty. Okay. Marty has a dresses up in a hazmat suit. Has a Van Halen cassette tape that he had in the DeLorean when he went back in time. He puts <laughs> he he puts that into a speaker and he plays uh, Van Halen's like <laughs> like the shredding of an electric guitar. I probably just peaked the audio. I'm so sorry. Um, he does a pinch harmonic and then uh, yeah. Sorry yeah. to headphone users. <laughs> so uh, so he's like shredding on the guitar, right? And he's. So he plays that. He's. It's the middle of the night. He wakes up. It's like the equivalent of your like uh, sleep paralysis demon, except it's a man in a hazmat suit and Van Halen's playing in the background. And he's like, "Which sounds you need awesome, to, by the way." <laughs> you need to defend yourself. My name is Darth Vader <laughs> from the planet what? Vulcan. From the planet Vulcan. <laughs> and later on, that's what uh, his dad writes about and gets super famous for is because yeah, he writes paid. about this character. Darth Vader from the planet Vulcan before Star Wars, <laughs> before Star Trek. He takes ownership of those things. How did they get the licensing to talk about all this stuff? Because it, it was all owned by 20th Century Fox at the time. Probably. That's that's uh, probably how it worked. Fair enough. Um, but he does all of these things in the past, like Nick was saying, that affects the future. Mm-hmm. These are all things that Nick was trying to skip over, so I don't feel bad <laughs> talking about it. Damn um, it. Like uh, boosting the confidence of his dad. Uh-huh. Like So at this... like prom night dance where like the johnny b good scene happens and like it's like the big yeah like the playing the guitar and stuff he gets his parents back together but before that biff is there with his mom like biff tries to there's a scene where he tries to sexually assault marty's mom in a car and marty's dad now full of confidence from his time with uh with calvin klein rips open the car door pulls biff out and punches him in the face awesome and so now that's how marty's mom and dad met Mm-hmm. Oh, that's of, such a better story. Sure. It's a better <laughs> story. And and for that reason, when Marty does eventually go back, I'll throw it back to you because this is where you left off. Yeah, when he does go back, everything's happily ever after. His parents are like in a good relationship for once. And at the beginning of the movie they were on the rocks. Okay, wait, yeah. I get why his dad got his confidence, but how does he make his mom not an alcoholic just because oh, his, that's dad his, his mom was an alcoholic because she was unhappy with yeah. her oh, life. Okay. And because she, like, had a drink in high school at a party, and Marty, like, is also at that party. I, guess, I don't know. Yeah, because back in the <laughs> 80s, I guess that made sense. But Marty's like, don't come, don't drink that. You're underage. Or whatever, because he's, like, being <laughs> the dad of the situation. So she doesn't start drinking because of that. It's weird. Um, but that's, and, that's what stopped it. Yeah. Okay. So, and, well, there's also this really fun scene in the past where um, Marty's, like, saying goodbye to his parents right before he goes back. Mm-hmm. Um and he's like, if you guys ever have a son, promise me, you'll name him Marty. And if he catch fire to the living room rug, go easy on him. <laughs> <laughs> he jumps in his fucking DeLorean. He drives off like a badass. That's another story. <laughs> uh, so so he, gets back to, he gets back to the future. Wait, yep. question. Go ahead. He is stuck in the 50s because he doesn't have... Pl- 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 Plutonium. <laughs> it's a radioactive element. So where does he find it? How does he get it? Well, like Nick it had said, uh, instead they figure out that you can power the flux capacitor 
by oh, shocking bolt of lightning. It, okay. by shocking it with a bolt of lightning, which they have perfectly timed because there's a newspaper in the DeLorean, yep. and it shows about uh, the famous night when the clock tower got struck. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah, so they wire up the DeLorean to the lightning bolt. They know the exact time that the lightning's going to strike. So he has to hit 88 miles per hour at the exact time that the lightning strikes the clock tower. <laughs> that seems like... <laughs> it's How like catching lightning that? in a fucking bottle, isn't it? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I guess you could work Well, it they out had like... it like down to the minute when the lightning strike. Yeah, you can... And they had it like timed. You can do equations and shit for acceleration. Yeah, that's what math is for. So, <laughs> so anyway, are <laughs> we going to talk about all three? No, just this one. Okay, There's cool. three of them? Hold on, we'll get to that. <laughs> um... I won't get to oh it, but I'm sure God. we'll discuss it afterwards. We will discuss it afterwards. Because it's, I mean, this film was so good that they were like, all right, we need to film two sequels, like back to back. They did them back to back. I have a, them. I have a different back quote that I like to, to, to say to the, the writers did. <laughs> what? Uh, we I'll, need more money. No, I'll get to it. <laughs> um, I'll get to it later. I don't want to spoil anything. Okay. But they get back to the future. Everything's better. Uh, his mom's not an alcoholic anymore. She's back in a loving relationship because she no longer thinks that she's married to this loser. She's like, oh, this guy, like, defended my honor. So, like, the love is there still. Happy like, ending. So, so like, she's, like, happy. He's happy and successful. Biff is now their, like, little bitch boy. <laughs> Pretty <laughs> much. Yeah, yeah, because Biff's now, like, afraid of Marty's dad mm-hmm. because, like, Biff was, like, this big tough bully who got punched in the face by this little point Dexter. Yep. So now he's, like, working for Marty's dad. Is like not a dick anymore. He's like, oh, good, good to see you, Marty. Like, are you gonna take the new wheels out for a spin? Because Marty got this like brand new truck. It's like a Jeep, something or other. Like a Jeep truck that's yeah. like super fast or whatever. I guess um, that was popular back in the eighties. Because he wanted one, but they couldn't afford it because his dad wasn't a successful writer. But now he is, so mm-hmm. he's like, we got you that truck that you wanted, son. <laughs> it's like, is that what he sounds like? You know what? I think it. No, never no. mind. He, uh, his play, he's played by Crispin Glover. So if you know what his voice sounds like, that's... Uh, Not off the top is. of my head. Yeah, nobody does. Well, the fun thing about it... <laughs> <laughs> who was the mom? The mom was is still famous. Is Leah Thompson, I think. Leah Thompson. Yep. But the fun thing is is that they, they didn't hire older actors to play Mm-mm. the mom and dad. They took young actors who were the same age as um, Marty. What's his real name? Michael J. Fox. Michael J. Fox. Yeah. They, they that's took, what i'm here for <laughs> well done they uh they took actors who were the age of michael j fox and could like act next to him be the same age they aged them with prosthetics to play his parents i love practical effects yeah it's pretty cool <laughs> that's all they had back then <laughs> that's true but it's still one of my favorite things about movies so we're 30 minutes in the podcast and we've now told the entire plot that's the plot i don't know about the entire but a, a good I'm portion sure of it is missing. it's good enough you can <laughs> go watch it yourself i recommend it uh but here's a little bit about the people involved um, it's directed by Robert Zemeckis. I don't know if you guys have heard. Him He's famous. He's yes. famous or whatever. What else has he directed? Forrest Gump. Oh. Forrest Gump. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's right. Back to the Future Part Two, Monster House, Beowulf, A Christmas Monster Carol. Monster House. I could do a whole episode on Monster House. The Polar Express. No. Yeah. Hot, hot. Yeah, we got it. <laughs> That's a good we film. We don't need to get I into it, it, but I hate The Polar I Express. I love it. Hey, maybe we'll bring oh, you on sorry. around Christmas time to talk about that. <laughs> it's just my little brother watched it like 50,000 times, and now I have a deep loathing. And now we won't bring you on around Christmas time. <laughs> no, please still do. <laughs> Look, I love that film because, you know, it's, it's about a train. <laughs> uh, it's true. Uh, once we set up our P.O. box, everybody please send <laughs> Nick trains. Send me uh, big trains, small trains, oh train CDs. Anything that'll Thomas, fit in a P.O. box. Thomas, the train <laughs> engine. 
house is going to be full of trains. <laughs> that sounds like a dream. Uh, but this right, bud? No. <laughs> I think we can all agree that mini model train sets are fucking awesome. Okay, that's true. That's true. <laughs> but uh, actors Michael J. Fox and Christopher Lloyd are like the, the two main guys. Correct. Um, it's Marty and Doc, respectively. Christopher Lloyd's been 60 since probably 1930, so. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> He's still around today as He far still as looks I know. the exact same. I know, he hasn't aged. Marty caught up with him. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, it almost as if he, he has this big Kramer energy about him. You know? mm. He's uh, like a more put together Kramer. <laughs> more put together. <laughs> he can hey, <laughs> Marty! <laughs> hey, Jerry! <laughs> oh my god. I think you just may have unlocked some sort of headcanon for me. Where Kramer <laughs> is. Where Kramer is actually Doc's, like, estranged son oh. who, like, moved away to go live in the city and write a book about his dad. <laughs> Oof. <laughs> Yeah, that's how it, that's how Back to the Future came to be. You're right. Uh, Cosmo Kramer back in the day, back in the '90s, wrote a film in the '80s. Because uh, time, yeah, time back travel. In the '90s, <laughs> I was on a very famous team. Not Bojack. Oh, sorry. <laughs> that show was depressing as fuck. Still it's funny though. It's great. Huey Lewis, right? <gasps> he mm-hmm. yeah. and the news. And the news. And the news. <laughs> they wrote that one song for it. Got to get back in time. Yeah. Yeah, something like that. Wow. And that's the power of <laughs> love also. Yeah, the power of love. They wrote uh, the power of love for... I don't know if it was for this film, but... Uh, don't need money. Don't need money. Don't need to ride this train. Train, oh. yeah. <laughs> it's all coming together. Man, this has been a great episode so far. <laughs> Basically, um, we'll, we'll just lay that song underneath the whatever. The train tracks. Our terrible... <laughs> <laughs> Good foundation there. Uh but he has a cameo in the movie, actually. He's the teacher in the Battle of the Bands, and he gets on the megaphone and says, uh, I'm sorry, you're, I'm afraid you're just too loud. That's Huey Lewis says, you're too loud for this Battle of the Bands. Because <laughs> Marty's up there shredding, and he's, uh, I think he's playing like an instrumental version of uh, The Power of Love, uh, I think. Marty can play guitar, but he is like... He the, shreds. He's the guitarist who doesn't let the lead singer be the head man. <laughs> He's that guy. He's like Eddie Van Halen almost. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Eddie, Eddie Van Halen actually made an audio cameo as well um, with the, with what you just described. He's in the hazmat suit, mm-hmm. and he was actually the one playing the, Wait, the whatevers. Really? Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, he's like, yeah, I'll, I'll do a couple of weird things for you, and then it's recorded, I guess. That's <laughs> awesome. Jinx. Oh, my God. <laughs> but this was 1985. Yes. So in the, in the history of Van Halen, it's uh, – after they released their album 1984 in 1984, mm-hmm. uh, they have this like falling out with with their singer David Lee Roth because uh, he's doing all these side projects and so is Eddie Van Halen at the time and he does like uh, bad or beat it. He has he plays a guitar and beat it. Mm-hmm. He has that awesome solo. Um, but this is this is a time in Van Halen's history where they're all going their separate ways and they're not really. When they're in the studio, they're just arguing. Right. So eventually, David, Relo- David Lee Roth uh, leaves, and they get the new singer in, Sammy Hagar. Yeah, and everyone's like, That's Van- not Van Halen. Van Halen, not Van Hagar. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's where you get that whole thing. That was a side trip. I'm sorry. No, you're right. And it's <laughs> it's all relevant. Hey, you know Kinda. what? We're we're a podcast that encapsulates all, all things. things. All of it. <laughs> they're all good songs. Eddie Shreds, he's still around. They're not playing anymore, but... Um, we wish. We wish. This was executively produced by our, our boy, Steven Spielberg. My boy. 
And it was written by uh, Robert Zemeckis, the director, and Bob Gale. I don't know who he is, but that's a name some people right, might recommend, might recognize, might recognize. There you go. We got there. Uh, with a score composed by uh, Alan Sil- Silvestri, uh, Forrest Gump fame, and actually wrote the music for Cosmos, a space-time odyssey, among several other movies that uh, he did the score for. Hmm. So where did the story come from? It was written by Bob Gale, who conceived of Back to the Future after visiting his parents in St. Louis. He searched around in their basement, and he found this... Uh, his father's high school yearbook. Yeah, and it had that old picture of the like dance, right? Uh, something like that. But he was president of his graduating class. Mm. And Gail had not known about this uh, this discovery and wondered if his wondered if he would have been friends with his father if they had gone to high school together. I've wondered that too, you know? <laughs> like what if you had the opportunity to meet your parents in their teenage years? Would you get along with them? Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh yeah, my parents <laughs> I know for a fact were so cool when they were teenagers. I think I'd say some smart shit my dad would kick my ass. <laughs> yeah, your dad would absolutely kick your ass. I would have to uh, I would have to openly avoid getting my ass kicked by my father. <laughs> like that would be goal number 1 of being back in time. <laughs> he was a bully. <laughs> so anyway, Gail told director Robert Zemeckis about his idea for the film. Uh, Zemeckis thought of a mother claiming she never kissed a boy in school when she had, in fact, been promiscuous. Would it could be a good, you know, a little subplot there. But the two took the project to Columbia Pictures, and they made a development deal for the script in September of 1980. So there's five years of between them pitching the uh, idea to Columbia Pictures and the film actually being created. So the story here is that nobody really wanted the script. Script to kind of floating, script. Yeah, that's because around. right now all they had was like, what if there was an incestual relationship? <laughs> <laughs> no, like they had the script fully filled out, and they were just like pitching it around. To oh, people. that's part of the John Mulaney thing, right? Is they're like pitching the movie, and he's like, Oh yeah, no. What if that that is the whole John? <laughs> His Mulaney mom thing. tries to kiss him. <laughs> okay, but we would okay, On but we mouth. were thinking maybe instead he would try to bang his mom. <laughs> to rewatch that. I think okay. that's one of his first ones. So the script is floating around in 1980. Uh, there's other adult-oriented coming-of-age films around this time, like Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Haven't seen it. I heard it's pretty good. I don't know. Uh, Doesn't it have Matthew McConaughey in it? Possibly. I thought that was Dazed and Confused. It has Judge uh, Reinhold of uh, Beverly Hills Cop in it. Okay. Yeah. It's another film. It's a that, good one. Hey, you're talking <laughs> stuff. <laughs> that's a thing. Uh, movie producers want more of this coming-of-age kind of drama. Things happen, blah, blah, blah. Five years later, the film comes out under Universal Pictures. And I can't even imagine if Disney made this film. I think it would be <laughs> really different. <laughs> it'd be terrible. It probably would be. There wouldn't be any... They'd be like, well, we were thinking that Marty could maybe, you know, want to bang his mom. And Disney would be like, but what if instead... Excuse me? <laughs> he killed her. <laughs> but they'd keep all the racist stuff. Because Disney's fine with that. And then they'd be like, it was the 50s. (laughs) We're just being honest. I don't know if there is any. Is there any, like, racist stuff in the movie? Oh, in the movie? No. I don't think Back to the Future actually does contain any, like, overtly racist stuff. I mean, there's winks and nods. Even, like, to the fact of, like, the band that plays prom is an all-African-American band. That's pretty common back then. I mean, it was common, but, like... It's, there's nothing really racist in Back to the Future. Besides the Libyan thing. There's only like, <laughs> okay, there's yes. one scene in the beginning with... They like pointed out, they're like, oh, the 50s were racist. Yeah. A and black they... <laughs> man is mayor? I don't think so. It's something like that. Mm-hmm. But, like, that'll never happen. You kidding me? But and it then... <laughs> like lights the fire under his ass to like become mayor. Yeah. 
and he's he like, still does. Well, I'm going to prove you wrong. Right. Yep. Bitch. A redemption story. <laughs> Almost. Yeah. They should have Where's a that story? Spinoff. We can do a spinoff. Like Better Call Saul, except it's... <laughs> Better Call Goldie. That's uh, something my mom says after almost every film we watch. She'll turn to me and say, it was a redemption story. And I'm like, what's not a redemption story, mom? Everything Name is. one movie that's not. It's kind of like the whole idea of a plot, isn't it? Like you have the, right. the, the wrong There's thing. There's a main conflict. and The and redemption is part of most heroes' journeys. Right. It's like a big chunk of it. So yeah, you're right. Most most plots that follow a single character. But Could you know what? This is? It never stops being funny. I would say Jersey Boys wasn't a redemption story. Because the one character who needed redemption never got it. He got, like, bought yeah, out. but Jersey Boys is based on a true story. Correct. True stories never have redemption because that's, people suck. That's true. Fiction does, though, because <laughs> we like that. It's satisfying. Anyway. What was I talking about? <laughs> oh, okay. So the film gets created in 1985, whatever. Uh, 1980, what, is it nine? Back to the Future 2 comes out in 1990. 1990, Back to the Future 3 comes out. Uh, that's pretty rapid fire. I know they filmed uh, Back to the Future two and three back to back. There is a very good reason that they were able to turn around so quickly, but I'll get to it. Because they filmed at the same time for both movies. <laughs> but but because of that, there were um, certain certain flaws that kind of pissed me off. Flaws. Here, I'll say it now. I'm ready to fucking say it. I'm gonna open this can of worms. Back this to the is, Future. This is okay, I, I'll allow it. Back to the Future was a great movie that was so good that the American people paid to see it three times and tricked themselves into thinking it was a, mo- a new movie all three times. Because Back to the Future Part 2 is almost shot for shot Back to the Future Part 1, except it includes going to the future. Yeah. That's, even that's even like the final conflict of Back to the Future Part 2 is them going back to the future, no, them going back to the past to the end of Back to the Future Part 1. Right. There's too many time loops going on. There are a ton of time loops in the movie. There's a part where Marty has to avoid running into past Marty from Back to the Future Part 1. Which shouldn't happen in, like, what, general relativity or some shit? I don't know. There's so many different (laughs) theories for time travel. There's, like, the endless loop and the planting of new root trees and... (laughs) Huh? Theoretically, you could not exist... Uh, as a separate entity at the same time as another one, true. even if you were existing in the same time. So true. Okay, so time travel doesn't work because, as we all know, <laughs> matter cannot be created nor destroyed in a universe or else problems. Also, it's impossible for us to move fast enough to achieve time travel because we would turn Well, you can you can achieve time, spaghetti strand. time, time <laughs> dilation, right? Which yeah. is going so fast, so close to the speed of light where time slows down. And that's... Uh, but you can't go backwards or forwards. So Only forwards. <laughs> Planet of the Apes explores like the idea of the fact that you can move faster than time, and in doing so, uh, time will continue to go on, but you will kind of be stunted for a while. Yeah. That's like the plot of uh, Planet of the Apes. That's but possible. It's, yeah. That's another look at time travel. Um, but yeah, you're right. Like matter can't be created or destroyed, so true time travel would actually exist in a place where, like, as you're going back, you're slowly being ripped apart. So. You end, a little, you end up a little. You end up a little spaghetti strand. Oh, fun fact! Did you know that the technical scientific term for uh, matter going into a black hole is called being spaghettified? Incredible! Yeah, yeah I thought so too. Well, I already knew that. <laughs> 
Thick Nick, our resident scientist, <laughs> already knew my fun fact. Yeah. And that's okay. But it's, I'm glad you said that now because <laughs> I'm going to go into the wrong things about this film. Uh, it turns out everything is wrong from a scientific and historical perspective. Uh, but, of course, cut it some slack because it's science fiction, right? It's all fictional plot. But it's important not to read too far into it. The 80s and 50s probably weren't like this at all. It was a, it was a slice of life cake. This would only be this sweet, pretty frosting on top. But when you go down into the cake part, it's not as pretty or yummy. Every time period has its own set of issues. But it's a movie and not a documentary, so who cares? And guess what? Time travel, as we've mentioned before, isn't possible. The laws of physics don't allow it. Time only moves forward from our perception. So... Let's talk a little bit about the car that got them back in the future, the DeLorean. Yes, famous. Famous DeLorean. The Famously DeLorean. bad, actually. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, it's a real car? Yeah. Oh, yeah, no, the DeLorean was a... It was a sports car. It was a sports car, but, like, the, the people who made DeLorean only ever made that one car. <laughs> yeah. It was, like, a guy who wasn't actually into making cars, and he just designed no, he a was, car. I think he was with Ford. At, was he? Yeah, he was an executive at Ford. Um, and he just wanted a car that looked cool basically he's pretty like, much he's like i want to make some money he <laughs> so was like i want to make car. a car that looks like the future yeah that was his whole goal and he did oh it's ugly yeah it's gross <laughs> <laughs> but it had those I think cool, it cool wing wing doors gold wing doors yeah sure yeah. it opened from the bottom yeah here's here's the pick yeah that i'm looking at yeah that Looks is pretty cool the classic delorean pick yeah it's kind of ugly by today's standards, but back then it was. I like, mean, with the doors shut, it's ugly. But then you open the doors and you're like, "Oh, <laughs> all cool. right." And that's exactly how it was watching the movie too. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> it's this ugly kind of boxy looking uh, stainless steel constructed thing. It was stainless steel too. That's another mm-hmm. thing. Like a stainless steel car is fucking ridiculous. I'm looking at you, Cyber Truck. <laughs> I mean, the DeLorean looks a lot like the Tesla truck, doesn't it? Yeah, looks a little like Cyber Truck. Yeah. Now I have to Google that. Yeah, you do. <laughs> There's so many memes about that. <laughs> it's called Go Cyber Truck? Yeah. But the DeLorean Motor Company, who made the car, was actually out of business by the time the movie premiered. Yeah. They went bankrupt in 1982. Uh, John DeLorean, who was the CEO, just really kind of got super unlucky in all aspects of his business career. Yep. How cyber is this truck. real? She's talking about the cyber truck. I hate it. <laughs> Look up pictures of it. It's gross looking. <laughs> the Tesla truck. They tried to test to show how durable the mirrors were and they or the, how durable the windows were and they broke both the windows. <laughs> Wait, window. is that this picture of Elon Musk standing next to a shattered <laughs> car window? <laughs> it's like our second how, favorite thing to talk look about. Look at how durable what a fool. it is. What a like, goddamn fool. Elon Musk, if you're listening, you're a fool. <laughs> Elon Musk, if you're listening, give me a Tesla and I'll this part out. Slaps top a car. Slaps top of car. <laughs> <laughs> it's so much broken glass in it. <laughs> oh, wait. <laughs> I miss that meme. Simpler times. Yeah. But John DeLorean, right? He just got unlucky. Uh, unlike Elon Musk, who got dumb lucky. <laughs> It's almost the same car, like the Tesla and the DeLorean. It really is. Honestly, it just goes to prove that like the DeLorean was way ahead of its time. It was. Well, people like to think it was. But really, it wasn't. Because it had an MSRP of $25,000 in 1982. Uh, if you want to run that inflation calculator, it's too expensive nowadays. Uh, but it was built as a sports car, right? But that, it like didn't go very fast. No, that's had, like the, the <laughs> iconic joke of it is that like even a regular DeLorean couldn't get up to eighty-eight miles. Per I mean, hour. it could if you had a long enough, you know, straight piece of land that right. you could drive your car on. But like on a city street, a couple no. blocks, 
No Way Jose. Uh, it went from zero to 60 in nine seconds. So that's, I mean, if that puts it in context. I think One, the Tesla. Two, three. I'm just trying to get four, up to 60. Please let me on the highway. Five, oh, Jesus, six, I'm trying to accelerate. Please seven. let me onto the highway. <laughs> <laughs> Stop tailgating, <laughs> asshole. 60, okay. <laughs> and then you realize you're in a 75. Logic is impossible. So, yeah, the DeLorean was <laughs> slow. Because 0 to 60 in 9 seconds sounds impressive when you put in those terms. It's not. But, like, because it just sounds impressive. But it's not. 9 seconds is so long. I think the, the fastest production car can do 0 to 60 in 3. Right. 1, so. 2, Three. That's crazy. Can you imagine that? Like being forced back in your seat? <laughs> I actually, I can't imagine it. My dad used to do that shit to me all the time. <laughs> he funny. would just like, we'd be out on a country road and he'd just floor it. And all of a sudden we're going a hundred. Her dad's like, what, 60 something now? He will turn 60 next year. He'll turn 60 next year. Mm-hmm. He's still pulling that? <laughs> yeah. He drives a, a like baby blue BMW convertible, doesn't he? Yeah. <laughs> BMWs that don't dude fuck is around. incredible. No. <laughs> he used to have an Audi, and that's what he would really mm. zoom in, because those things are like Panthers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> V8. This thing had a V6, 2.6 liter, which is like... For uh, a sports car, that's sad. It's pretty small. Yeah. It's a pretty small engine. And back in the 80s, like... They couldn't get the power out of a V6 that we can now because of computers and all that other shit. But but the people who made Back to the Future looked at it and they were like, this is the car of the future. That's, like, yeah. That we have to use this car. The reason why they picked it is, for, you remember that scene where he crashes? It's right after he time travels and he crashes into the barn. Mm-hmm. And the farmer's like, that's a UFO. Exactly. Starts shooting at him. <laughs> <laughs> because the DeLorean at the time was the only car that you could look at and be like, that's from the future. Yeah. That's, In the 50s. Because yeah. they would look at like any other car and be like, oh, that just looks like a new model. Yeah, that makes but sense. The DeLorean looked like a spaceship. Yeah, still does today, yeah. kind of. Especially the, the way it like <laughs> it like as soon as he crashed in the barn, the barn he opens up that wing door and smoke comes flooding out. It looks like a fucking UFO. It's pot smoke. He's yeah. just been <laughs> hotboxing <laughs> the DeLorean. He's been blazing it. <laughs> Yo, if Marty McFly was a pothead, that would have been a way different movie. He's just like somewhere in between times, just like. He'd <laughs> <laughs> be like, "Go token here." <laughs> what year is it? They'd be like. It's, I forgot, man. <laughs> he'd be like, it's 1955. He'd be like, I'm stuck. <laughs> Better start building a new life. <laughs> but like, what Yo, would you do you if you were time stranded? <laughs> <laughs> what would you do if you were stuck back in 1955, realistically? Like, what would I do if <laughs> what I What would were, you do? I would probably do exactly what Biff did. What's that? Would Biff like... The sports almanac? Like, yeah, because if I'm stuck <laughs> in 55, I'm making money. Like, I'm oh, going... Yeah. I'm not going to make it to my time zone when I was born. Mm-hmm. Like, there's no way. Well, 55, that'd be what? 40? So I'd be 70. Oof. I'd, I'd be that'd s- kind of suck. <laughs> yeah, I'd be 70 right now. So it's not like I can take advantage of the riches. No. Other than, like, creating a giant paradox, which I want to talk about later. <laughs> one of the greatest puns in all of cinematic history happening back to the future, too. Um, but we'll get to it. Puns, okay. I um, love puns. You know that. Everyone loves puns. But puns. As I was saying, yeah, like I would definitely take advantage of knowing what the future holds, making some very crazy predictions. Maybe I'd write a book <laughs> and like create the next Bible where I'm like, God told me this. <laughs> and I'd predict like 9-11 and like the the Trump administration. And But then simply by <laughs> predicting it, you would rip a hole in the space-time continuum and those things wouldn't happen. Well, no, because I'd pull a Nostradamus. Have you ever read any of Nostradamus's predictions? No. So Nostradamus... <laughs> predicted hitler but like in it he talks about a great he was like leader vague about it he okay like, he so like, you're just vague enough yeah and like in in nostradamus's predictions nobody ever talks about did we run out of nostradamus predictions does that not exist anymore 
But in it, he was like a great leader named Hitler. Hith, instead of hit, Hitler. And everyone's like, oh, duh, Hitler was Hitler. Mm -hmm. He just had to, like, throw in some shit so it didn't fuck with time. And, like, that (laughs) might be true. Or we're stretching it. (laughs) One of the two, for sure. Yeah, I don't know if... Didn't he predict, like, the end of the world in 2012 and all that? I don't remember. Maybe that was what it was, was the Nostradamus predictions ended in, like, 2012. So they were like, like, oh, the world ends there. It's going to happen. dude just died or stopped writing. (laughs) Mine's got lazy. just like, you know what? We're not going to be fucking around in 2012. (laughs) (laughs) My children, my grandchildren, my great-grandchildren won't have to look at this fucking calendar. It doesn't matter. None of it matters. And that's how they collapsed because they realized nothing mattered. And the beginning just, of existentialism. <laughs> like, I'm tired. <laughs> the, the end of prophetic dreaming began with <laughs> the Mayans. <laughs> I'm fucking tired of writing shit. I just want to go back to bed. You know what? No, Depression ruined predictions. <laughs> no, Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat was written after that. So check your facts. Fact check. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Chloe, were you in that show? Yes. Okay. <laughs> Anyways, here's the last wrong thing I have written down. Um, at, at one point, Doc says gigawatts with a hard G. Mm-hmm. But it's gigawatts. It's typically pronounced gigawatts, but it's correct both ways. But he was old. So it's correct like, both gigawatts. ways. Gigawatts. And besides, it's like, when he says it, his like old man laughs, start flapping. He's like, gigawatts. <laughs> so it's great. It's, it's pretty, you know. It's Gif or Jif? Gig. I was about to get to that. I, nice. <laughs> personally, I pronounce it Jif. Oh. I'm just kidding. Gif. <laughs> I'm just fucking with you. Gif. Gif. That's yeah, I say Gif too. It. So what do you call the peanut butter? Jif. Right. Because it's a Jif. Gif. <laughs> <laughs> it Nobody doesn't matter. that argument. It does not matter what you call it because, we'll, you know, we'll get it. Gigawatts. We'll get there. Gigawatts. But gigawatts is way more fun to say. Gigawatts, yeah. yeah. It's too close to Jiggle for my comfort. <laughs> so can I talk about my pun that I love? Um, yeah. Okay. So in Back to the Future 2, um, they have to go back to the ending of Back to the Future Part 1, as I mentioned before. Um, and in it, Doc warns Marty, Doc from the present, who is now also time traveling with Marty. Present's 1985. 1985. Right. Because um, he's ex- been experimenting with, oh, hey, spoiler alert, um... We didn't, we didn't tell a very important part of the plot. Hmm. Uh, Marty gives a letter to Doc at oh, yeah. the end of, before he jumps in the DeLorean and, and drives off to 1985. And he tears it up. And Doc <laughs> tears it up and says, I can't look at it because if we even affect one thing in the future, it could tear a, a hole in the space-time continuum and destroy the universe. Butterfly effect. Butterfly effect and so on. So Marty drives back to the future. Mm-hmm. And he pulls up to the Twin Peaks Mall. Lone Pine. Or Twin, Twin Pine, but is now the Lone Pine Mall. Um, and he's up by the Lone Pine sign looking down at his self, jumping in the DeLorean and driving off. So, like, you see the shot, and it's, like, Marty here, Marty there. Marty from the past, Marty from now. So you're watching the beginning of the movie again. And he goes, the, the Libyans shoot him, drive off. Like, we did our job here, we're gone. Because uh, the plutonium left with Marty. Um, and Marty goes running down to Doc, who is laying dead on the ground. And he, like, gets to him, and he's, like, crying. And Doc opens his eyes. And you're like, holy shit, Doc's alive. And he rips open his, uh, his, uh, what? Coat, lab coat la- Lab coat or whatever. He's wearing a bulletproof vest. And he pulls out the letter, and it's all taped up. And he's like, eh, what are you going to do? 
Oh, yeah. Fuck it. I'd probably cheat time. I was like, if I know when I'm going to die, I'm going to be like, well, I'm just not going to do that. Yeah, then. because Marty's like yelling, like, it doesn't matter they wrote the fucking letter because like Doc tears it up and Marty's like, you're going to die. Like, this is about you dying. It's like, yeah, so what? And he's like, I can't know. But then he like eventually is just like, I got to know. I got to know. So, yeah. Uh, and so Doc lives on to the second movie. And in the second movie, he's been experimenting with time travel. He's gone to the future, finds out that. Uh, Marty's, Marty's son is a dick. Marty's son is an <laughs> asshole. He's like, it's about your kids, Marty. Uh, your son is in prison, and your your daughter's marrying a black man or something. <laughs> that's like, that's sorry, that's the Family Guy joke that they did. Was there was a joke on Family Guy? Oh my God, we never talk about Family Guy on this podcast. I thought we were higher humor than this. <laughs> no, it doesn't matter. Um, so they did a joke Definitely on Family not. Guy where Mar- where Doc comes back and he's like. There's something wrong with your kids, Marty. <laughs> and uh, Marty's like, "What? What is it? What is it?" It's like your daughter. She's marrying a black guy. <laughs> and then Marty and his wife are both just like, "Okay, like we're okay. Like that's cool with us. Like we don't really care." And he's, "Oh, I just, I just thought, I just thought you might want to know. I guess." <laughs> <laughs> it's like one of those moments where like Family Guy tears the line of like telling a racist joke, but then they're like, "It's not that big of a so what." It just and? goes to show that, like, Doc is, like, very old-fashioned, I guess, but... <laughs> by old-fashioned, old I mean racist, but... <laughs> it was point is, um, in Back to the Future, part two, let's get back to the pun I was trying to tell. What is it? Um, so they go back, to, they go to the future, um, Biff gets the almanac. What? Biff gets, a, gets an almanac. A sports old, almanac. Old man Biff gets a sports almanac. He finds out about time travel. Old man Biff, who's, like, simping on Marty's dad... <laughs> um, Gets a gets an almanac, finds out about time travel, goes back in time, gives himself the almanac as a child, and it's like from high school. He's like, take this almanac, make all these bets, you're gonna end up rich. Marty goes from the future, like 2015 was the future that he was in, mm-hmm. and he goes back to 1985, and now Biff's in charge of everything, and Biff is his stepdad, and Biff stole Marty's mom away from Marty's dad, <laughs> and like. Biff Incorporated is like, Biff turns into Donald Trump. Like, deadass turns into Donald Trump. Looks exactly like Donald Trump. It's a Trump. tongue-in-cheek type of thing. It's but... a tongue-cheek, but he's supposed to be Donald Trump. Like, he turns into... Pretty much. <laughs> it's oh, it's it's too uncanny. He's like, I have a casino and a hotel. Just like... And he's like blonde and like <laughs> old and like has his hair slicked back and like Marty's mom is in like this slutty dress sitting next to him. Like, it's fucked. It's fucked. It's the worst of all possible timelines. <laughs> right. So Marty's the like, darkest time Marty's line. like, I have to go back to the plot of Back to the Future Part One. That's not his exact words, of course. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm, par- I'm paraphrasing. <laughs> but he's like, I got to go back to the plot of Back to the Future Part One. I have to find past Biff. I have to steal the sports almanac from past Biff, um, to stop Biff from becoming my stepfather and Donald Trump. <laughs> This is the actual plot of the second movie. A noble cause. Right. So that's like where, because, it, I mean, they're trying to prove that like time travel like makes this ball of yarn that's fucked. Mm-hmm. Um, so Doc is trying to help him out and he's like, here's a rule that we have to follow is we can't talk to our past selves or it'll create a paradox, like a giant paradox, like the worst the world has ever seen if you speak to your past self. So... So that's exactly what he does? No, so Marty avoids himself the entire time. Okay. Marty never runs into his past self. There's a couple of close calls where he's like hiding behind doors and stuff. Um, but Doc has a full-on conversation with himself. What the hell? While, because one Doc is setting up the, uh, the uh, cable from the clock tower to the DeLorean to send Marty back. And the other Doc is just down there at the time. And is like, there's like a problem that occurs. And the future Doc is like... 
well, you could try this because, like, that's how he solved it in the past. And it works. And he's like, hey, you're a pretty smart guy. And, the, like, like, who are you? And Doc disappears from, the, like, 1985. That Doc disappears. But in that moment, they created the greatest uh, – what was the word that I used? Paradox. No. The greatest <clears throat> uh, the pun of all time because – A pair of docs. There was a pair <laughs> – because he was right the whole time. He's like, if you meet your past self, you will create a paradox. Which he created a pair of docs. By meeting himself, he created a pair of docs. <laughs> That's pretty good. And when I saw it, I went, hey, it's a pair of docs. <laughs> and I'm like eight years old. I'm like, <laughs> dad, it's a paradox. Look at the pun. He's like, yeah, I know. They said it was a paradox. I was like, no, it's a pair of docs. He's like, we got to turn this off. You need to <laughs> You're reading too far into it. Now, let me tell you something that's a direct contradiction. We can actually change the past based on the stories we tell about it. In the book 1984, I don't know if you guys ever were forced to read that in high school, uh, you have the Ministry of Truth saying, we've always been at war with Oceania, when in reality, it wasn't. The U.S. does this a lot with history class when we're talking about wars in particular. Yeah, we went over there and kicked their ass fair and square. Did we? No. It was a slog and a lot of young men died fighting for their country. War films do this sometimes to the fact that they're borderline propaganda, but it's all a whitewashed interpretation of what actually happened in any theater of conflict. Can you even really call it borderline? <laughs> Honestly. Like, we don't teach the Vietnam War. No. We, we got our asses handed to us. We got Macaulay culkin over there. <laughs> Those motherfuckers were building booby traps and home aloneing us. Yeah. We were getting fucked up the ass. Fucked. And even like North and South America, <clears throat> not like South America, but you know, like the Northern part of America and the Southern part of America teach American history differently. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Because of the Civil War. Yeah. Yeah. We're like, oh, the Confederates were doing, well, that, this is how I remember it. The Confederates were being dicks. That's how it's told. Mm-hmm. And then, I don't know how it's taught in Kentucky, but <laughs> it's a little different, probably. I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> you mean, slept through history class. <laughs> no, no, because Kentucky was a part of the North. No. I mean, we were one of those borderlines. Okay, yeah. so this is how it was taught. Yeah. <laughs> it was, it's taught we in Kentucky. We were a borderline state, it's, though, It's literally so it's taught okay. in Kentucky that, like, Kentucky uh, fought more with the North than the South, and that we tried to stay out of it. Nope. And just went with whatever. Don't they tell were... me no, because I'm telling you what I was fucking yeah, taught. You can't tell me I'm That's wrong. That's wrong. I know it's historically wrong, but we're taught that like we were on the fence the okay. entire war. But at the end of the war, we were on the right side. We're not talking about Ohio. Okay, well, we're talking about Kentucky. <laughs> That's the way it was taught to me. Like Kentucky and West Virginia was for sure Southern. So oh yeah, there's a chance that it was a little yin yang experience of them yeah. wrapping into each other. U.S. history. We we finally got there. Uh, but you remember what I said before about the 80s and 50s being nothing like the movie. And that's not done on purpose. It's just they don't want to include all the negative shit in a happy, upbeat movie like this. Yeah, the civil rights movement was hot in the 50s. Yes, it was. <laughs> Forrest Gump did not stray away from telling us. Mm -mm. But uh, if it doesn't have to do with the plot itself, it you know just don't keep it in the, in the film, right? What's the point of it? You, want, you don't want a boring movie or even a documentary because oftentimes there's a very thin line between the two. Boring movies are just documentaries. Yeah. That's a hot take. It's a warm breeze. <laughs> we just listened to the uh, the podcast. Uh, oh, hello. Oh, hello. Oh. The podcast. The podcast. If you Highly listened, recommend. If you haven't listened to Oh, Hello, you should go listen to it. It's John Mulaney and... Nick Kroll. 
who voice their uh, characters from their Broadway show. Oh, hello. <laughs> George St. Keeglin and Gil Faisantime, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't understand that, but it sounded funny. So. We're going to re-listen to it on the way home, I've just okay. said. Broadway nerds will know what I'm talking about. <laughs> There's, um, I'm sure that we're all guilty of revising stories that we tell. Maybe you leave out an embarrassing bit, or maybe we edit a podcast, or maybe we embellish <laughs> an event a little just to entertain your friends at a cocktail party or something. Well, entertain like this. Or entertain Looking this. At you. <laughs> I embellish a lot. It's okay. I like I like to spice things up. Yeah, you like that aunt or uncle at a party that's just like, here's what happened to your dad all the way back then. <laughs> and the dad takes you aside later and he's like, that's bullshit. That's My dad did that a lot. And it made me so mad as a kid. He would he would totally be like. Yeah, this happened, this happened, and this happened. And I'd look at my mom, and my mom be going, no, it didn't. <laughs> <laughs> no. And I'd like pull my sister so. aside and be like, why does he always lie about stuff that we do? <laughs> Maybe it wasn't a bold lie, but it was, you know, one of those little white lies. One of those things where it's like, that's just not true. <laughs> and then Alex is running through the house with his diaper on fire. It's like, no. No, because that sounds like it's the main plot of the story. The stories were always like, Alex was trapped under a bookshelf. <laughs> and I had to go in there and lift it off them, and it's like, Actually, me like being on top of the bookshelf. <laughs> You're like, surfing USA on top right. of it. <laughs> but that's not heroic for him. So. Right. No, it's not a hero's journey. Hey, no. we all we all paint ourselves in the light that we wish to. Yes. We do. But it doesn't matter because we're entertained by these stories. That's true or not. You have to suspend your disbelief, or in, in some cases, you're just not entertained at all. So a key point in all of this, and the and the entire movie itself, is what your parents have done to stop their mistakes becoming your mistakes. In an ideal world, parents are there to make sure you grow into a respectable adult on paper, right? Sure. But how they go about this is various styles of parenting that we are forced to experience today. We as children don't need to know everything, and part of growing up is figuring out things as we go along. Class and lessons can only teach you so much, and you have to learn something from your parents at the end of the day. Marty's mom was promiscuous in her teenage years, to this event, she tells her kids that she'd never kissed a man until she met her husband. That's a lie, of course. And sometimes lies our parents tell or have told us is to protect us from something that's uncomfortable truth of life. Sometimes Marty's dad just doesn't like hearing about her making out with his best friend from school. <laughs> if uh, Marty's dad said anyone was his best friend from high school, it would have been Calvin Klein. <laughs> it's like, yeah, this exchange student, Calvin Klein, who came in and like convinced me to ask your mother. He does. He later tells like... The story of uh, Calvin Klein. Calvin Klein, this like, this like huge impact in their life. Like mm-hmm. he tells Marty about Calvin Klein. Is like we would have named you Calvin, but uh, he told us to name you Marty. So, mm-hmm. and they're not like, hmm, this kid sure looks like my friend Calvin Klein. Yeah, like, how do they, they not remember that? I think that they actually do have a moment as he's like driving away in the truck where they just like look at him and they're like, <laughs> they're like, hold on a minute. <laughs> I don't remember if they like hint at like the father looking over at his wife like that looks a lot like Calvin fucking Klein. <laughs> <laughs> like, are you sure that Marty's mine and not Calvin, Calvin Klein? Klein? <laughs> <laughs> you never know. What did they do? That'd be crazy though. <laughs> they come to you, they're like, wait a minute. <laughs> Their brains just explode. Maybe it's that like suspending disbelief where like if if you were to meet your son in the 50s and then later watch him grow up into being You'd be like there's guy. no way there's like no you, fucking way i don't think your brain could make the connection that's nope. true it couldn't no also because they never saw calvin klein again they never took pictures with or yeah. of calvin mm. klein either and yeah. they say that even if you met 
like your doppelganger, you wouldn't recognize them because we don't see ourselves accurately. Yeah. No, we don't. That's well, true. We wouldn't believe that that's a thing. So. Right. <laughs> yeah, like time travel? Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Seriously, if I saw my doppelganger, it would be fists on sight. Well, doppelganger is <laughs> different. That's just probability. Like the probability of someone looking exactly like you out of the thousands and billions and trillions of people who have ever existed. Statistically, yeah. Statistically, it kind of has to happen. Somebody yes. probably looked like you either today or tomorrow or hope y'all are doing okay <laughs> <laughs> all the doppelgangers out there i hope you weren't blessed with these ugly looks guys what if <laughs> what if we're the doppelgangers <gasps> uh we're not, we're no not. we're the hot ones close us out yeah. nick <laughs> <laughs> which leads to the questions of if you had a time traveling car in modern times i think we went over this in the in the Skyrim episode, but where would you go and when would you go and for how long? Because I'd probably just spend a week in the 50s and like, that's enough. That's enough for now. <laughs> hmm. Be like a vacation, wouldn't it? Yeah, I think I'd go to the future. <laughs> I'm not fucking with the future. Because <laughs> then you I'm know things. Of the future. <laughs> I would want to know things, I think. Yeah, cool. I think I'd go to the future and want to know things. What happens? I don't know. Why don't you know? Yeah, find By the out way, the winning lottery numbers. In the in the third Back to the Future, they go back to the wild, wild west. It's yes. the black sheep of the Back to the Future movies, and really not worth I like your time. It. It's not worth your time. Okay, I think it's worth your time. It's <laughs> worth your time if you're it's into okay. Western movies, but it has almost nothing to do. But you find out that like Biff has a great great grandfather who used to live in this old Western town. It was blah 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 blah. blah, 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 blah. <laughs> Let's introduce a love interest for Doc. And they got to make they gotta make the train go 88 miles an hour. Yeah, they make a time traveling train. So, yeah. of course you fucking like it, <laughs> you son of a bitch. You it's like it because about it's about train. a train. The entire damn movie's about a train. I am upset. God damn it. Okay. I walked right into it. What, what year was that again? I don't know. No, they're like, it's Is 18... that when you want to go back in time? Back no. in time where trains <laughs> no, 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 were like the main... So you're main... going to the 50s? Um, I consider it. I'd entertain it. <laughs> <laughs> but would you entertain this? <laughs> <laughs> nice. Plug, plug, plug. I don't know. I'd probably go, yeah, that'd be cool. Spend a week in the 50s, fuck it, come yeah. back. I think I'd go like 10 years into the future and just figure shit out. Note that you can't go anywhere, right? Yeah. You like end it. up right where you left. Yeah. Just in the future. That's how time travel works, I guess. I'd go to the 20s. The, the 20s. roaring 20s? The roaring 20s. You'd be all right there. Yeah. You're not a, a person of color or minority. <laughs> Oof. We're all white. It's fine. <laughs> um, You know, it's tough because... I want to go back further than like 200 years, but then they stop having soap. <laughs> and that's a problem for me. Yeah. But I would love to go back to like, like 1600s Europe with like princesses and castles and knights and everybody on horses. You got to remember that yeah. before soap, they all carried around bouquets of flowers. And that's how like the art yeah. of throwing flowers on stage after a show was because you were down in like the muck and gross pit and everyone was shoved in there. Not social distancing, and they all smell terrible. Masks. Yeah, because so, they're all just <laughs> peeing where they stand. Yeah, so yeah. they were all holding like roses to their noses to like mask the smell of everybody else. Ooh. And then at the end of the show, if it was a good show, you'd throw the rose that you were holding onto the stage. That's how that started. <laughs> so like, at least everyone's holding like bouquets of flowers, even yeah, if they don't have true. soap. And you love flowers. I do. Yeah, no thanks on that 1600 shit. No, I, yeah, no, I thought about, well, I'd love to see the Renaissance, but it's nasty as fuck. Yeah. <laughs> there's shit in the streets. Horses are really just, gross. I mean, there's so, shit in the streets now. You go to the wrong places. <laughs> I guess. Sad but true. Um, I would love to see, like, turn of the century, like, 1900s Paris. 
That'd be cute. That'd be really cool. Yeah. yeah. Back before they hated Americans <laughs> and, like, would spit on like, you. Like, how did that start? We saved their asses. Well, this is what U.S. history classes. I don't fucking know. <laughs> I don't know what we did or didn't do. I just know that I'm sorry. <laughs> for anyone out there. On behalf of the United States, I apologize to all of Am France. I allowed to be a, 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 a voice for our for our country? Sure. Would that be okay? You know, I I'm think sorry. we all have our moments of apologist, and this Look, is yours. What, whatever we did, <laughs> sorry. I'm sorry. They're, they make good bread and cheese. They do. And wine. Hey, how do you want to close this? Oh, uh, as you mentioned, there's pop culture references today. Um, even notoriously, President Ronald Reagan was watching the film. You remember that line about <laughs> Ronald Reagan, the actor? Yeah. He was watching it, and he's like, that's funny. <laughs> <laughs> no, Ronald, Ronald Reagan pulled out his TiVo remote, paused it. <laughs> Actually, turned. he made the projection as to his running the film. Yeah. He's like, can you rewind it a bit? I want to see that again. <laughs> he, he stood up in front of everyone else watching it, and he went, that's funny. <laughs> <laughs> and everybody's like, yes. <laughs> Back when presidents could take a joke. I miss those days. Aww. Donald Trump, the businessman? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> He'd be like, this film is fake news. It's very low energy. <laughs> it's a terrible film. Anyways, the uh, this is this film has been preserved by the Library of Congress because it's culturally, historically, or aesthetically significant. So it's preserved for that's, all time. That's true. Yeah. So no matter how you listen to this episode or when you listen to this episode, I hope you enjoyed it. Or if you listen to this episode. Are we going to have to play the Vsauce music again? No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> what if you didn't? Hey, v- I <laughs> love that Vsauce music. It's in like seven-eighth time. It blows my mind. Yeah, I don't know. It's weird. It is weird. Vsauce, Alex here. What if you made it to the end of the podcast? But what if it's just the beginning? Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the third episode of... But maybe someday we'll actually get those flying cars, and it won't be in 2015 like the movie promised. Mm. Remember that today we are living in historic times, and everything we do now will in some way affect tomorrow. So do the right thing and be a role model, because who knows, maybe someday you'll meet your own kid time traveling. Mm. Oh, you're right. Entertain this. Do the right thing. Also a great movie. <laughs> Thank you so much for preparing uh, this this very well-researched look into it was only four pages that's a new record wow. yeah but you still made it an, an hour and 16 minutes you're, you're thinking look at you. five pages it look empty 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 oh, empty okay. y'all really <laughs> like to fact check us don't you y'all really do be fact checking <laughs> nick thank you so much for preparing that um, we're gonna take a, a brief intermission so go get your popcorns or go take your your poodles um and uh come on back for my quick this Hey there, it's Judd here from the When Albums Collide podcast. Each week, my co-host Pedro and I review two albums that came out at exactly the same time. One of them wildly successful, the other, not so much. We'll try to work out just what happened when these albums collided. There are laughs, fun bits of trivia, special guests, and a reassuring lack of any viruses. Here's a sneak preview of one of our episodes. He talks a lot about pancakes. Three times! I counted yeah. three pancake references on this album. He's the pancake man. Pancake this, pancake that. I've never heard the phrase pancake no. so much <laughs> on an album. Now, you guys are from the United States. You know, I'm just a simple country boy from Alice Springs, Australia. Is this some really cool urban slang that didn't make it over to Australia? No. Uh, that's, pancakes that's are great. Just, 
Do you think he had some money under the table from Denny's or IHOP or one of those pancake places? Well, let me tell you, he's probably the pancake man now because he uh, has to do a shift at Denny's or IHOP. <laughs> <laughs> the When Albums Collide podcast, every Monday on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. We are going to proceed with our quick this for this month. Quick this. This month, we will be talking about another time-traveling film from the 80s. That is Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Why is this quick this ASMR? It's not ASMR. It's NPR. Oh. (laughs) This is about to be so boring. (laughs) (laughs) Let's bring up the energy a little bit. All right, we're going to be talking about Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, which is a film that I would say... Uh, actually rivals Back to the Future. And the reason you. I say that is because they are both time-traveling thrillers, but and they are now both trilogies as well, or at least soon to be. Um, I think Bill and Ted takes it that extra mile, though, and really like almost parodies Back to the Future in a way, um, but in a way that makes it its own. But Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, uh, who here has seen it? Who here hasn't? I'm I have pretty, not. I'm pretty sure I've seen it. Okay. I have not. I'm going to go ahead and say three no's, so let me do a quick plot summary, shall I? <laughs> uh, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure uh, shows our leading characters, who is, um, of course, Bill and Ted. Uh, <laughs> Played by? Bill and Ted. <laughs> <laughs> I want to say their full names, because their full names are fucking epic. John Wick. No, not John Wick. Who's the guy that plays John that's him. So it is um, it is Bill S. Prescott and Ted Theodore Logan, uh, how they pronounce their names, it's like in that full capacity. Um, <laughs> and they are, of course, played uh, by the great Keanu Reeves, playing our uh, main man, Bill. No, he plays Ted. Keanu Reeves <laughs> plays Ted, and Alex Winter plays uh, Bill. Okay. Um, now, the idea of Bill and Ted is Bill and Ted are from uh, California. They're these, like, they're the definition California dudes. Like, uh, hang 10, yo, things like that. You're talking like this the whole time. Like, this is how they talk. Radical. And, yeah, they say things like radical and, like, excellent. And, like, <laughs> so they're it. these two, like, kind of deadbeat, like, they're the musician characters from their high school. And they are... Um, tasked this is the entire plot they are tasked with writing their history paper that if they fail they will be repeating the grade oof that's the plot to do this they receive assistance from a man from the future named rufus in the future he explains that bill and ted become the world's greatest musicians and write a song that brings about world peace with their band, the Wild Stallions. No pressure. Right. But Bill and Ted are so, like, chill and kind of stonery. They don't, like, smoke weed during it because it was the 80s. But they're, like, the stonery guys where they're, like, oh, cool. <laughs> they're, like, <laughs> like, there's a bunch of guitar riffs and they're doing air guitar all the fucking time. Wasn't that um, an episode of South Park where they make a song that brings about world peace? Kind of. Yeah, sure similar. Um, but Anyways, continue. So, so in it, they go back in time and they... So instead of writing this paper for extra credit, they decide they're going to do this presentation of their history paper. PowerPoint? No. Oh. A Prezi? They go, <laughs> they go back in time in a phone booth uh, akin to... A TARDIS? A Doctor Who's Curious. TARDIS. Which actually, doc, the, the writer's Doctor Who got really upset about it. Oh. Because they were like, this is obviously like a TARDIS. Like, it's a phone booth, but like ours it's is a like a parody. police box. It's, it was a parody. They, par- they were parodying. Um, but they jump in this phone booth 
they uh kind of akin to back to the future they have a moment where they like their selves from the future come they're like dude you gotta get in this time machine and you gotta do what he says because he's telling the truth and he's like oh yeah what number am i thinking of future bill and bill's like 69 dude <laughs> and they're like <laughs> like all four of them do the air guitars it's like that's the vibe of the entire movie so they go in the time machine they go back in time they like kidnap napoleon <laughs> yeah they kidnap um hold on let me let me get an actual list of all the people that they kidnap so <laughs> uh it's it's something else they kidnap joan of arc they kidnap Napoleon Bonaparte. They kidnap Billy the Kid. Oh, they man. kidnap Socrates. They kidnap Genghis Khan. <laughs> they kidnap Abraham Lincoln. All of these people are shoved into That's this time machine. That's what I was going to say. They're fitting all these bitches and in it's the phone not, booth? It's not bigger on the inside. It is the same size on the inside, and they are all just shoved inside of it. Genghis Khan is the size of a phone booth. Right. He's a big man. So, <laughs> so they're stealing all of these guys from their times, and they're like, well, they're not really stealing because they're, like, walking up to him. They're, like, talking to him. They're, like, we're doing this history report in the future, dude. And all of them are, like, yeah, I'll come along. <laughs> like, Abraham Lincoln just, like, yes. That's not a kidnapping. I will attend. Right. But, like, kidnapping, so, sure. so on and so forth. Um, but, like, they convince all of these people to, like, come to the present. So they get <laughs> they get to the present and, like, like, Bill or Ted's dad is like pissed at him so they have to like go like deal with the fact that bill or ted's dad is pissed at him and in doing so they leave all of these like future icons with their like stepsister who like takes them to the mall and there's the like fun at the mall scene from all the 80s movies but it's with like socrates and abraham lincoln and billy the kid and they're like running around the mall like Let's stealing shoes they're like stealing shit and like genghis khan doesn't understand why he can't just like take popcorn out of the machine and like gets in a fight with like the people there and so they end up losing all the celebrities in modern day, like all these historic figures. And they have to go around and find them real quick. And then at the end, they give this excellent rapport with all of these people. And they're like, wow, you hired like actual like. <laughs> Good uh, actors. Right. You like, hired, you like hired actors and everything. So they end up passing. Right. <laughs> of course they do. And that's like the end of the movie is like they finally did it and they passed and everything's great. So how far am I? Pretty much time. That's that time? Great. To end it, basically... It's another time travel movie that doesn't take itself as seriously as Back to the Future. Back and to the Future did not. <laughs> excellent. When does the third one come out? Uh, like, it's supposed to come out this month. But Good. with COVID, who's to say? It who's might be out say? already. I don't know. But Some movies are just doing, like, a straight-to-streaming service thing. That might be true. Yeah. Yeah. And so. if they are, it's incredible. I'm not paying 20, duck, 20 ducks. <laughs> <laughs> I will not give you 20 ducks to see this movie I'm over my dead body. Fucking $20 to see an IMAX in the theaters, okay? I would. For Bill and Ted 3? I mean, I might. Okay, so, but it's too so expensive. We're not to, this quick this over, but this is like a continuation. <laughs> um, so Bill and Ted 2 is about them uh, they die <laughs> and they have to like face the grim reaper oh. and like escape hell to get like back in time to perform at a talent show. It's like, and, like that's Inferno. what they're doing. Yeah, yeah. So they like go through the levels of hell, and like they challenge uh, Satan to like a fiddle contest. No, they challenge death. They don't deal with Satan. Oh. They challenge death to like a game of uh, like I'm like sorry or like operate. No, it's operation. <laughs> and like death is like getting pissed off, and then death ends up being their basis <laughs> in, in the in the battle of the band show. But the reason that they have to do the battle of the bands is because they like. 
they challenged this like guy from the future who's trying to take over and destroy world peace and he's like i have to beat them in battle of the band so they can never play again and they won't write the song that brings about world peace mm. so he comes down he's like destroying on the guitar but there's this scene where like he's like well, I'm going to go back in time to this moment and give myself a ray gun. And he, like, pulls a ray gun out from behind him. I just have to remember to do it after I beat you. And they're like, oh, yeah? Well, we're going to remember to take away the knob on your time machine so you can't go back in time. And there's, like, a sound where, like, the knob isn't there anymore. And he's like, well, I'll go back in time and fix it so I can. And, like, the knob goes back on. And then Bill or, like, Ted in this, like, epic moment is like, well, you forgot one thing to go back in time. You have to beat us, so none of that happened. And he just, like, disintegrates. and Because his whole plot was like, I have to win or else I can't do any of the stuff that I said. And he's like, well, you're not going to win, and that's why you've already lost. And it's just like, he, like, disintegrates into dust. It's like one of those dumb arguments you get in when you're playing with, like, and that's exactly what it is, because it's a parody. I have a shield. Shit. I have a shield-destroying gun. It's like... <laughs> <laughs> I feel like these movies would make me appreciate Tenacious D more. Oh, yeah. For sure it would. I feel like there's a lot um, of homage happening there. Homage. Yeah, Tenacious D definitely had some Bill and Ted in it. I knew you were going to do that. But the, the third one. There's an H. The third one, it's it's like, it takes place modern day. So, like, Bill and Ted have grown up. They're, like, 45 now. Like, old men. Um, who 45. Old. Yeah, 45. What a 23-year-old thing to say. Um, hey, 20s old, too. But they're like old men now. They're actually probably in their like 50s, but uh, old men. They're, they're well-aged gentlemen. Uh, Steve and, Price, if you're listening, you're not old. You're not old at all, pal. <laughs> Calling him out. But, uh, but, but in this new one, they like, have reached the age where like, they were supposed to have already written it, but they had procrastinated so much and like hadn't gotten around to writing the song that they... Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry, that's funny. <laughs> yeah, they procrastinate, haven't written Oh, this. dude, we forgot. They're like, girl, that's a line from the new movie. No They're way. like, dude, we forgot to write the song. <laughs> They're just going about their lives. So <laughs> it's called Bill and Ted Face the Music, because now they finally have to write this song or else the world's going to be it's destroyed. It's an awesome title. Right. And like, I don't know the plot of it, but I'm excited. It looks pretty cool. I'm yeah. there. Drop so, a link to the trailer <laughs> in the description. Oh, that's that's gonna be on you. You just gave Nick more work. Sorry. <laughs> Thanks. I don't get paid. Hey, but that's this this time traveling throwback episode of Entertain This. Thank you so much for listening, and I hope that you guys watched Bill and Ted's uh, uh, Bill and Ted Face the Music because it's the third iteration of the Bill and Ted series. But watch Back to the Future first. Yeah, you should also watch Back to the Future. That's Maybe just have day. a time traveling day. Waste the time that you'll never get back watching men. <laughs> Waste time that they get back immediately. Makes world peace, cures cancer. But you're not going to do that. Anyway. Yeah. I'm just going to watch some movies. Uh, talk to you guys next week. Bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> this episode of Entertain This was written and produced by Nick Mustakangas, with additional commentary from Alex Steele, Chloe Price, and Natalie Hall. Our outro music is Rush Bubble by Aaron Spencer, and our theme music for Throwback Month is made by DJW. Tune in every Friday for new episodes. Thanks for listening.